Hey, we're glad you guys are here today. You're in our last, if you're here today, you're in our last week of ghost stories. Last week of ghost stories. And we've got something that I think will catch you up on. If you missed the first, second, third week, don't worry. I'll catch you up and you'll be right back up to speed with us and we'll get you, we'll get you all cut up on the Holy Spirit. Um, we've been looking at um, what it means to follow the Holy Spirit, who he is and what he does and, and how he acts and what's, he, what's, what's the Holy Spirit have to do with us. And we kind of been talking about that today and having that conversation over the last four weeks. And, and it's been awesome. I've been able to speak and talk to a lot of you guys. You guys tell me, hey man, I needed that. I, I had no idea that the Holy Spirit actually lived inside my life. I had no idea that the Holy Spirit had anything to do with me, but I'm glad you spent some time over the last three weeks talking about that because I want that. If he does all those things that you say that he does, I'm, I'm interested, Wes. I'm, I'm actually glad that I get that Holy Spirit thing, and I, I want more of that, and I want that in my life, and I want him speaking to me, and, and I want him doing the things that only he can do. I want him speaking to me, and like that song saying, and the, like that song we just sang um, said. And so we looked at a verse, our theme verse has been for Acts, has been Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. And the Bible says this, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. So uh, if you don't know this guy, um, Paul, Paul was one of the guys that we, he's written two thirds of the New Testament. He's written majority of the New Testament, which is the last half of the Bible. And he writes a lot of the scripture and he communicates to us and he's talking to this church. And he was this guy, his job before he was a, a church leader and a missionary and a pastor, his job before that was to kill Christians, okay? And so there's a, there's a whole, you know, there's a plot twist there. It got, it got real, real quick, you know, like this guy's killing Christian and now he's the guy that we look to on how to, how to, how to follow God and how do, we, how do we lead and how do we be a part of a church and what church should look like for the early church and, and how we can do what God's called us to do by watching that church. And, and so we see here that he's saying, hey, I, we, were, we were rolling through and we rolled up on this town and verse two said this, he rolled up on some people and he, and he and interacted with them. Verse two says this, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you guys believed, <clears throat> he asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. And what I'm afraid of, and one of the things that we talked about is what I'm afraid is that, man, you can be a Christian and be like that church. You never even heard of the Holy Spirit. Like, dude, I have, I have no idea who the Holy Spirit is. I don't even know. That, that's, that's scary. I opened up this series with, with a ghost story, and, and, and Halloween's coming up in, in next week. And how many of you guys, your favorite, ho- your favorite holiday is Halloween? How many of you guys are out there? All the demented people just raised their hand. It's totally fine. Yeah. Um, so like, pray for me. That's why I'm here, you know, um, trying to get my life right before Halloween. But man, we, when we, we like Halloween because of those ghost stories. And sometimes I think we think Holy Spirit is like a ghost story. It's creepy. It's weird. And we have no idea what he does. Um, we don't want to hang out with him too much. Or if you get too much Holy Spirit, then that can be weird. And, and, but I realize a lot of us, we just don't know a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. And we're kind of like these people are like, I've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. And we come to find out the last two or three weeks that he, the Holy Spirit actually lives in us, but we've never, ever heard of it. Sounds like it shouldn't be true. We learned we learn that the, this word Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, it actually appears over 800 times in the Bible. And my guess is probably most of us in your day maybe have heard five messages in our entire life on this word called the Holy Spirit. And it's in the Bible 800 times. It's funny, the things that are in there a lot we don't talk about, and the things that are in there a very little bit, sometimes we talk too much about. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he's like, yeah, I was trying to look at this church, and, you know, he's like, I, I feel like they want me to come and talk about all these things that are irrelevant. He goes, I want to talk about things that are in the Bible, what God's called us to do, and how he's called us to live, and 
So we learned that the first week, we learned that the Holy Spirit is actually a current of wind or it's a strong breeze. That was the definition. And we looked at two words in the first week. We looked at the word uh, ruach and we looked at the word pneuma. And one of those words, the word ruach, that's in the Old Testament or the Hebrew. And pneuma is the New Testament. And that's written in the word, it's Greek. And it's, the Holy Spirit's actually a wind. It's actually a breath of fresh air. It's a, it's a current or a movement. And so we, we've come to find out the more I study this and the more we've studied this, I realize that the word Holy Spirit really isn't even a good translation for the word that we actually get from scripture, which is ruach or Numa, it's actually a movement. And if I said, hey, who wants the Holy Spirit? You would say, that's weird. But I would say, how many of you guys want to be moved by the power of God? How many of you guys want to have the power? You want to have the presence of God? You'd be like, bro, that's what I want. I was at a conference a few weeks ago, and he said this, everyone that comes in their church, they're looking for one thing. They're looking for the power or the presence of God. And we get that from the Holy Spirit. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we want that? Well, because it sounds weird, Wes. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, but it's actually a wind or a current. And then the next week, the week two, we look at the Holy Spirit has given each of us a spiritual gift. He's given you a spiritual gift. You're gifted. If your friends don't think that you are, you tell them, my pastor today said I was gifted. <laughs> if your spouse doesn't think that you're gifted, just say, hey, Wes said I was, I, I'm gifted. I, I really am gifted. You have a spiritual gift and the Holy Spirit has given you that gift and you just got to exercise that gift. You got to find out what it is and then use your gift. And the church looks really good or the church works really well or the church works at optimal level when we're all doing our gifts. And some people, the Bible says that some people are the arms, some people are the legs, some people are the pinky toe, that's me. And um, some people are the thumb and some people are the, you, we're, we need all of it. It's all of us, we all work together. Could you imagine if today, if I was just a leg, I was just hopping around, that sounds silly and sounds weird. And that's what the church looks like. The church doesn't look right when everyone's not doing their part. The church looks better, it works best when we all do do our part. And, and then last week we looked at this, the fact that this, the Holy Spirit convicts us and it comforts us. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit convicts us and it comforts us. I, I, I was just so glad last week I walked, off, I walked off the stage. And sometimes as a pastor, um, if people need to get to you, they will find you. They will find you. And so I, I walked up the stage and I, I walked back and this guy was walking up to me. I'm like, oh my goodness, what did I say? Because <laughs> sometimes I don't know what I'm saying up here. You know, I'm like, the spirit said that, you know, that was God, Jesus said that, you know. And I was walking, I was walking, he came up to me and I was like, oh, this guy's about to punch me. What did I do, you know, this time? And, and he goes, man, I, that was, when you talk about the Holy Spirit being a guardrail and the Holy Spirit being something good in my life, I thought, at first, I was like, I don't think he's good, but he, I learned this week that he actually is good for me. And he, he took out his phone. He goes, I got in a car accident just yesterday, which is why I'm at church today, because I was in a car accident yesterday, and my car is told I'm kind of banged up, and he had pants on. He goes, my legs are gashed up, and he showed me pictures, and I'm, I, get kind of, I get kind of squirmish around blood, so I was like, okay, cool, enough pictures. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm going to show you one more picture, and he's like, you see my hat right there? I was like, yeah. He goes, that's right by my car. I said, yeah, that's, that's crazy. He goes, I was wearing my seatbelt. He goes, but if I wasn't wearing my seatbelt, that's where my body would have been. And he said, man, I'm, I'm so thankful that we have this thing called the Holy Spirit. He goes, man, today God, he goes, God brought me here today to remind me of some things that I knew a long time ago that I needed to start practicing again. And you and I were called, the Holy Spirit's not a bad thing. God doesn't want to, God, you know, we think of conviction. We, a lot of us, we talked about this last week, but we think conviction is condemnation. And the Bible says that, that the Bible says in, in the scripture, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The, the, um, the scriptures tell us, John 3, 16, one of the most famous verses ever, 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 ever um, quoted. But in the very next verse, the Bible says that I didn't come to condemn the world, but I came to save the world. And the Holy Spirit convicts us. It helps us go the right direction. And it's okay to get some help sometimes. I'm glad I get, I'm glad I get some help. I'm glad I get to help my kids. The Holy Spirit convicts us in it and it comforts us. And and so today we're going to land on um, <clears throat> baptism. 
we're gonna land on baptism. And um, you know, I sometimes I get up here and I'm like, man, God, how am I gonna? These guys have heard that before. What do I say that they haven't heard? Or what do I say? How do I how do I get that out of, from a, a different angle? Sometimes I want to bring things to you fresh. Or sometimes I I was talking to a friend of my day. Sometimes I'm I'm reprogramming people, or or the Holy Spirit is reprogramming our minds and it's speaking to us and it's changing us and it's making us more like Him. And so. Um, I, I want to look at the word um, baptism for a little bit. If you've been in church for any amount of time, you've heard of the word baptism, and, and that isn't anything new for you guys today, but what I realize is that the Scripture talks about two different baptisms. The Scripture talks about two different baptisms, and he talks about one bapti- baptism being of the Holy Spirit. There's a baptism of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit is, 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 it comes upon us. When After we become a follower of Jesus, then the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes on us, and that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then there's a second baptism, which is water baptism or immersion. It's a person who, after they follow Jesus, they're put in the water, they're dunked under, and they're brought back up, and that, re- that resembles a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's telling the people around you, hey, I'm following Jesus. And whenever you're buried, it was just, it recognized with Jesus, because Jesus was buried in a tomb, and he was resurrected, and he walked again three days later. The Bible tells us that. And so whenever you do that, you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm down with the death, I'm down with the burial, and I'm down with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what that's telling us whenever we get baptized. And so when I was looking at the word baptism, uh, this, this, and then you, I keep on reading further, and the Bible says that there's only one baptism. So now I'm like, dang it, I'm confused. Because there's clearly in here, there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then there's water baptism. But then we read in, chapter, we read in Ephesians, the Bible says, hey, there's, there's one baptism. And I'm like, all right, God. And so what I realized today is that you can't separate the two. You can't separate the two because the Bible tells us, hey, there's one baptism. And, and basically before, I'm gonna give you a spoiler alert because I can't wait to tell you any longer. But when you get saved, the Bible says the Holy Spirit fills in you. And then there should be some results after that. There should be some, there should be some things that happen after salvation. One of the things that we see after salvation is, is people, they, they get baptized. They, they, they go through believe baptism because they're telling people, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm following Jesus. I'm with God. I'm with him. You ever been somewhere to a place and you're like, I'm glad I'm with him. I'm with the big guy. Uh, my mentor will be here in, in, in a couple weeks and he's gonna preach to us November uh, the 5th. And he's, um, he's about six foot five, 330 or 40 pounds, depending on if he's up or down in weight. He may be around 300, but he can drop or go up or down about 40 pounds pretty quick. He's a big boy. <laughs> and I love going places with him because I'm like, I'm with him. I'm, I'm with that guy. Just, you, I, I, I'm a little more confider. Oh, my shoulders are a little bit out. My chest is, I'm like, I'm with that guy. Like, he's a teddy bear, you know? I'm like, I'm with, I'm with him, you know? Or if you've ever been someone, you, have, and you, you, probably, you guys probably have a friend maybe that they, they have a concealed weapons permit. You, you ever feel like, you, ever, you have a friend that carries a gun, you're like, I just feel safe when I'm with him. I just feel safe. I, I, am, I, I have a concealed weapons permit and I, I, I lost it. I didn't lose it. I had to renew it and I got it renewed, but I never, ever got it back. So I called them yesterday. I'm like, hey, I need my, I need my license. <laughs> Where's my license? Oh, we sent it to you. I'm like, no, I don't have it yet. But there's something about when you have, when you have someone with you or you have some protection with you, you're kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm in good shape. I'm with, I'm with, I'm with that guy. I'm going, I'm going with them. And I think sometimes that we think, I, sometimes I want, I want us to make sure that we get that the Holy Spirit's like that. Hey, we're with, we're with God. We're with, we're with the Holy Spirit. He, he's, I'm with him. Like, I, we're, not, we're not apart from each other. It's not God and me. It's, it's me and God and the rest of the world. I'm with him. I'm locked in. I'm locked in with him. And so I want to spend some time today. I brought my stool out. Whenever I bring a stool out, you know I'm about to read some scripture, a lot of it, okay? And so I want to read this because I don't want to mess it up. And I want to make sure you get it um, because I think these two things, they can't be separated. And um, I'm going to go into teaching mode, okay? And then I'm going to get up 
and then I'm gonna let it rip for the last few minutes of the sermon, okay? But for right now, I wanna sit down and I wanna talk to you guys. And um, some of you guys that are visiting our church for the first time, I don't normally sit down. And what happens now is now that I'm sitting down, there's a, people are getting their watch out and they're actually timing me to see how long I can keep my bottom in a seat. Because <laughs> I'm really like that three-year-old that you told to sit down and I just don't sit down very long. So anyways, that's just a side note. Matthew chapter 28, I wanna read some scripture to you that I think you need to get. If you wanna follow along on the screen, you can. If you have the YouVersion app, you can click on events and we're live this morning. Someone messaged me this morning, hey, I'm gonna follow along online from at, at, at home. And I'm like, don't be skipping church because Rhiannon put the scripture on YouVersion. <laughs> um, come get some Jesus. Come hang out with some people that love Jesus. So Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, the Bible says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all the authority in heaven and on earth, okay? Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, <clears throat> and it, that, that verse is a very popular verse. You guys have all, you've all heard. Let's go to the very next, very next verse. The verse, Bible says in verse 20, teach, my, my scripture just comes up, teach us that there are, Oh, you know what happened? I got Siri on here. Siri started writing the, rewriting the scripture for me. But they, I'm like, that's weird. I, I didn't, that's not in there. The Bible says in the very next verse, he goes, hey, follow, teach them to follow all the commands that I've given you. And behold, I am with you always, even until the ends of the earth. Even until the ends of the earth. So in this past scripture, he goes, hey, I'm with you forever. I'm going to be with you. So he goes, I want you to go teach them about Jesus. And I want you to baptize them. And I'm going to be with you forever, okay? So I want you to teach them about Jesus, and then I want you to baptize them, and I want you to know they'll be with you forever. And my question for you today, and the question I'm going to ask myself is, how in the world is he going to be with them forever? And the answer to the question is, he's going to be with them forever through the Holy Spirit. That's how he's with them forever. He'll be with them forever. Teach them all things that I be. The Holy Spirit's right there with them, okay? So he says here, I want you to teach them about Jesus. I want you to baptize them, make them disciples. And then I want you to let them know that I'm gonna be with them forever. And the way that he's able to be with them forever is through the Holy Spirit, okay? That's the very first verse. Acts chapter one, verse eight, the Bible says this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're gonna be my witnesses, telling people everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts 20, you're gonna receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Wes, when does the Holy Spirit comes upon you? The Holy Spirit comes upon you whenever you become a Jesus follower, okay? So in Acts chapter one, it's, where it's the very first, very first book, the very first chapter of the book of Acts, he says, hey, the Holy Spirit comes upon you when you get saved. When you have a relationship with Jesus, it comes upon you. Let's look at this next verse. Acts chapter two, verse 38, the Bible says this. This is when the church begins. Acts chapter two, verse 38, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the Holy Spirit. He goes, hey guys, you gotta get saved and you get baptized and the Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you. The Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you. Now, when you read just this text, some people believe that the, that the Holy Spirit doesn't come upon you until after you get baptized. But we know this, when we study scripture, that you, can, you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes upon you because there are some people that they get saved and they never ever get baptized. So is the Holy Spirit upon their life? Yes or no, the Holy Spirit is upon their life. The Holy Spirit can lead you and guide you. There's some people that they, just, they, they never got baptized or they, for some reason, for whatever case may be, they, they, never, they never made that next step of following Jesus. Like, I've never been baptized. And so the Holy Spirit comes upon us and it, and it changes and the Holy Spirit indwells in us. And you can be, you, the Holy Spirit can be in you and can dwell in you without you having that water baptism because there is this other baptism called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
Verse 39 said, this promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, and who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Okay, so Peter's up there, he's preaching lights out, he's bringing the heat, and he's letting it down, he's laying on the street, hey guys, repent, turn from your sins, God wants to change your life, God's got a better plan for you, the best is yet to come, God doesn't just want to save you, God wants to change you, God wants to take you from death to life, he's like, hey, God's got a better plan, turn from your sins, repent, and he's like bringing, he's laying it all mine, he's preaching like it's his last sermon he's ever going to preach, hey guys, I want you to get this, and here's what happens when you preach God's word, lives are changed forever. I was praying with Alma and Eric this morning. Whenever you preach God's word, whenever you talk God's word, whenever you live out God's word, lives can be changed. I think sometimes we bring people to church like, hey, God, I want God to change my friend's life. God can change your friend's life by their friend hanging out with you. And how can that happen, Wes, if we live out the Bible? If the Holy Spirit leads in us and it changes us and it makes us like him, our friends can be changed because the word is in us and the word changes us. And so the Holy Spirit shows up. The verse 41 says this, those who believe that Peter, what Peter said, they were saved, they were baptized, and they were added to the church that very day, about 3,000 and all. And this is known as the day of Pentecost. Now, when I was younger and I was growing up in church, I think, man, day of Pentecost, that's incredible. Man, that's lights out. 3,000 people got saved at one time, and then they all got baptized, and that's incredible. But what happened to me is I grew up a little bit long and I started hanging out with people who were, who were, who were, who were sharing the gospel in, in large context. And I remember flying to the Manila, Philippines with Diana's dad and, and, and her family. And I remember her dad preaching to a million people and hundreds of thousands of people gave their life to Christ that night. I was talking to a friend of mine there. He goes, man, there's churches all around America today and, and, and not just America, but around the world and third world countries where they are filling up complete soccer stadiums right now. This morning while we're meeting, they're filling up soccer stadiums and, re, and repeating that all throughout the weekend, Saturday, multiples on Sunday. Some of these guys are meeting Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because they don't have, there's not enough space because the Holy Spirit's moving in those cities. And what I want to tell you is, I told someone the other day, I don't want to miss out on that. They, if you study missiology now or you study the study of people sharing the gospel, people are now sending missionaries from third world countries to America. You know what they're saying? You guys aren't even reaching your own people. You're not even reaching your own people. So we're sending people from other parts of the world and we're sending them to America, to these hot cities where, where there's a huge need for the gospel, and we're setting up shop there, and we're going to preach the gospel there. And what I would say to you is, I, I told my friend, is, I don't want to miss it. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone else coming from anywhere else to come reach Winter Garden because there's enough of us in here to reach this whole entire city. And we keep on connecting with our neighbors, and we connect with the person next to us. We connect with our grocery lady or, or man, and we keep on loving people and keep on serving people, and we keep on loving people and we keep on serving people, and we keep on reading the Bible and living it out. A lot of lives can be changed. A lot of lives can be changed. And so he says here in this passage that thousands of people got saved and they got baptized. And so let's keep on reading. Acts chapter 8, verse 1, the Bible says this, Saul... <clears throat> was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. Now, right before this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch you up. The church, the church gets, someone said to me today, I, I, I want to walk out saying the church is lit. Like, the church got lit in Acts. It, a fire rose up, and it went, it went bonkers. Man, people were getting saved all day, every day. They were like 24-hour church, and they were, going, they were going hard as can be to preach this gospel. They were not missing, they, were not, they weren't missing a beat. They were sharing the gospel with everybody. And it, I mean, we talk about, we, you, now we use the word viral. It was viral, okay? And they didn't have internet, they didn't have social media, and they didn't even have Polaroid cameras back then. 
they were going, they were sharing the gospel. They were living out, they were studying the scripture and their lives were being changed and they were going places and their lives were being changed. They were going places and their lives were being changed. Now there was a guy by the name of Paul who we told you already, he has a lot of influence in the New Testament. He becomes one of the greatest pastors, one of the greatest preachers, one of the greatest missionaries ever to walk this earth. Before he did that, he killed Christians. I told you guys that. Now, right before Acts chapter eight happens, right before that, the apostle, this, not the apostle, this guy Saul orders the execution of a guy by the name of Stephen. And he goes down the scripture as one of the first martyrs. And he gets, he gets a name for it. I'm sure there's other people in scripture. We get the guy named Stephen. And so as the name of Christ is going up, the haters are going up also. And as the name of Jesus is being promoted and being pushed up, other people are coming along and saying, hey, we're going to squash that. We're going to push that down. And their goal was not to go and, and their goal was not to say, hey, don't say that. Their goal was to kill the people that were presenting the gospel. They would go into a gathering like this, which back in those days, oh, church, it would have been, in a, it would have been in, a, in, a, in a house. They would have locked up the doors to the gate of the church. They would have locked it up, put gates on it, and they would have lit that house on fire. Or they would have walked into the house and said, whose house is this? And the uh, husband or wife would have raised their hand and they would have brought them out there and they would have hung that person up by a tree and they would have said, if we come back and they're, and they're gone, we'll kill everybody. They, would have, they were making a statement. These guys were not like, hey, don't do that. Hey, this isn't persecution like us. Like, hey, Hey, someone unfollowed me because I posted a Bible verse. <laughs> this was real persecution. They were going after the church hard as can be. And the guy that's leading the charge, and one of the big names in all this whole entire movement is a guy by the name of Saul. And right before we get to this passage of scripture that I want to read to you today, he's ordering, he's the guy that's saying, hey, let's, let's make, a, let's make, a, let's make a, an example out of this guy named Stephen. And the Bible says in the passage of scripture that, that Saul was watching it and he was saying, good job, guys. Incredible. Let's shut this thing down. A great, Bible says, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all of the believers, except the apostles, were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. People ran. They ran as far away as they possibly could. They were running because they were scared. And wouldn't you be? Let's be honest in here today. Let's, let's take a survey. You don't have to raise your hand, though. You can be just like an internal survey. If today, I said, if today something really bad happened, something tragic happened, they, they took me out there and they cut my tongue off. Some of you guys are like, oh, awesome. <laughs> um, <clears throat> if you're laughing, it's because you think there's a little truth to every joke. And so let's say that happened to me. Uh, the other day I was working out and, and I was doing something and Lee's like, I'm getting ready for two services. I'm like, I can't even breathe. Like, cut me some slack. He's like, I want to make sure your cardio is ready because you got to preach two times. And as fast as you go and as when as you get, you got to get, we got to build those lungs up. And, but could you imagine they take me out there and something happened to me? Let's say they, they, they cut my legs off, or they, they cut my arms off, they cut my tongue off. Let's be honest here today. How many of you guys are coming back the very next week? <laughs> very few of you guys, and don't lie. You're like, nah, bro, they got that church's number. Like, like talk about like, 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 we want everybody to know about Hope Church because we want people to know about Jesus, but they'd be like, yo, Hope Church, you don't want to go there because Satan don't like that place. They killed the pastor last week. Like, you, you probably wouldn't come back. Well, they're running, they're scattering. You better be here next week if something happens to me, okay? Like, you're second, you're in charge when I leave, okay? She's like, I'm gone too. <laughs> She's like, deuces, this is, this is what you wanted to do, not me. And so, Acts chapter 8, uh, verse 26, I want to I jump down to this story of this guy. So while everybody's running, there are some people that are like, dude, I ain't afraid. Dude, you don't, that don't scare me. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel because it's changing lives. And I've said this to you guys over and over again, but I think now is the greatest time to share the good news. 
because our world is pretty dark if you look around. And I think lights are always the brightest in the darkest spaces. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26, the Bible says this. And you might have heard the story before. And as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So the Holy Spirit, the angel of the Lord comes to Philip and says, hey, I want you to go there. So Philip started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, the money bags. He, he meets the guy that's in charge of this country and that has all this money. And he was a eunuch of great authority under, under this lady, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. He was seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. So he's reading the Bible, okay? And then this guy, you, know, you, can, you can read the Bible you can know God, but you cannot know God. Does that make sense? The Bible is clear. Even the demons know who God is. So you can know about God, but there's a difference between knowing about God and actually knowing God, like knowing him personally. Like you can be like, hey, I know Wes. How do you know Wes? We're friends on Facebook. There's a difference between knowing me on Facebook than coming to my house, than going out to dinner with me, than hanging out with me. It's, it's different. It, there's, those, aren't, those are not the same thing. Oh, we're friends on Facebook. I know him. There, there's a huge difference. Right? There's a difference between saying, hey, I, I know where the gym's at. Then saying, I go to a gym. There's a, there's a difference there. There's a difference saying, I, I, I go to that church. I, I love what some of my friends say. My, I had a friend I work out with, and she's like, dude, you're, that, that's my church. You, you guys are my church. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, you've been twice. She's like, I know, when I go to church, that's my church. <laughs> and she made it clear. She's like, that's, that's my church. I, I love that. I'm like, this is she. I, I told Anna, I was like, man, I used to be like, man, why don't they come back? And she's like, well, I only, when I come, that's the church I go to. But if I don't want to come, I ain't going nowhere. But that's the church I go to. That's my church. Well, like, there's a difference between knowing God or knowing about God and saying, hey, I really know him. So this guy's reading the Bible, but he's reading like it's a textbook. And what I'm afraid of for so much of us in Christian life and Christian is that we read the Bible like it's a textbook. It really isn't that good if it's just a textbook. Like it's actually, I was praying with Eric and I'm like, it's actually the very words of God. Like this is, when we read this day, it's actually God talking to us this morning. It's in my, it's in my voice, but it's, it's God's word saying, hey, there's some power that comes with this. There's a thing called the Holy Spirit. I want to, Holy Spirit, I want, I want to come over you. When Josh sang those songs, sung, sung, sang those songs with us and over us today, like those words are from Scripture, the Holy Spirit coming over us and, and doing what only He can do. And, and we change what we see, it changes what we seek. That's what God's Word tells that He can do in our lives. And so in this story, He's reading the Bible like it's a textbook. And I'll tell you how I know that in just a second. We're going to keep on reading. He's reading the thing. And verse 29, the Holy Spirit came up to Philip. And he says, go over there and walk beside that carriage. Now, this is a guy with not a lot of money going up to a guy with a lot of money because he ain't got no carriage. He's like, go over there and walk up to him. And that would look funny, by the way. I'm having an image of him walking next to, the, to this carriage, walking briskly very, 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 very fast. And verse 30, Philip ran over and you heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? Do you even get, do you get that? Do you get that, Greg, uh, I love Greg. Greg loves the Bible, and Greg's always asked me questions about the Bible. I'm like, Greg, you gotta ask someone who knows a lot more about the Bible than me. <laughs> like, you're asked, you need a theologian to answer that question. That ain't me, bro. And I, he says, hey, do you know what you're reading? Does that make sense to you? That's, I'm curious to think, I'm wondering if, if that actually makes any sense to you. Because that's Old Testament, and it's, it's, do you really get that? And the guy's smart enough, he's reading Hebrew. 
Like he gets this. It's not like he's reading English like you're not reading English. He's like, do you understand what he's saying? Because here's what it says. The passage scripture read just like this. <clears throat> he was led like a sheep to a slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Do you, do you get that? He's like, do you get that? Like, this is not a story about the sheep and one fell off and bumped its head and mama called the doctor and the doctor said no more sheep. Shown. Like, it's not that, it's not, it's not laying in, in bed and, and counting sheep. This is like, do you get that? Because this story could sound really weird to you. It can sound really foreign to you if you don't really get this. And he goes, oh, keep going. He goes, he says that, he's like, he said he was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken away from earth. They're talking about Jesus. He's like, do you know, do you know, bro, do you even get that? Do you, do you know that he's, they're talking about Jesus. He came, he walked this earth. It was God's one and only son. He walked this earth. He never, ever sinned, never said something he shouldn't have said, never done something he shouldn't have done. He did whatever his father wanted him to do. And then he lost his life. And when he died, he didn't die for his own sins. He actually died for the sins of the world so that people could go from death to life, so they could, have a, so they could be changed forever. He didn't just die in your place. He died as you. Do you really get all that, what God has done? He's like, hey, do you get that? Because that's a lot there. And let me ask you the question today, Hopers. Like, do you, there's a lot of, there should be a lot of weight to that. A weight should have just sat on your chest a little bit to realize that the Holy Spirit did all that for us. And he didn't, he didn't have to. And he says here in the very next verse, <clears throat> the eunuch said, Philip, Tell me, the, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? <laughs> He's asking very good questions. So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. He explained the gospel to him right there. And I think this, this is extra, but I think there's people all around us today that they want us to explain the gospel to them. I think what, you know, I was talking to this one the other day, like we're, gonna, we're starting another service because we want to tell more people about who Jesus is and invite those people into a relationship with Jesus and then invite them into a relationship with other Christians to walk through this life with them. Because everyone needs someone to do life with. That statistic is true about one out of one people. God made us in his image. He was made a, God, Jesus himself is a community being. He wants us to walk in communion with him and community, in, in communion with other people. He desires that for us. And so he says here, do you get that? He goes, is he talking about a sheep or he's talking about himself? What's he talking about? Verse 36, <clears throat> as they rode along, they came to some water. <clears throat> and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Can I get baptized? And I'm like, this is weird. Like, this just doesn't make any sense. Like, they're just riding along. He's like, hey, bro, let me get baptized. I want to, let me get in that water. You know, and I don't know if it's fall, winter, or spring there, but it didn't really matter. But he's like, hey, I'm going to get in that water. I want to be, be baptized. Like, I want to be baptized right now. Like, I, there's something that's missing, and I want to I wa- I get in on that. I, I don't want to miss out on that, on, on following Jesus and letting people know I'm a, I'm a Jesus follower. He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down to the water, and Philip baptized him just like that. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And that's when I would leave church because that's weird. So he's there, he's preaching, he's telling this guy about Jesus. This guy interacts with Jesus. They get out of the carriage, they walk him down to the lake, they baptize him, and the Holy Spirit's like, gone. Like, how does that happen? The Holy Spirit snatches him up. He said, eunuch, 
The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. He didn't even care because his life was just changed. You ever meet someone when their life's changed, they're just juice, they're just, they're just hyper on Jesus? Like when Josh comes back up here and leads, I wish he could leave with a little bit more passion. Like you can just tell Josh was not a passion. He's not passionate enough about Jesus. Like get passionate about Jesus. I mean, come on, Josh. The guy's up there. I mean, he's, you, I love what Paul says. Paul says, I, I was so close to Jesus that I'm actually, it looks like I'm actually, it actually looks like I'm actually out of my mind. When Josh is up here leading us sometimes, it actually looks like he's, he's out of his mind a little bit. And the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it looks like you're a little bit out of your mind. And this, the Holy, but when your life has changed, you don't care what other people around you think. You don't care. People think because your life's been changed forever, so you don't care. Judge me if you want because God doesn't judge me, and I'm good with God, and that's really all that matters. I'm serving. I'm worshiping. Uh, there, was a, um, there was a church that I used to work out in, and their choir was called the Audience of One, and, and when you're up here worshiping, you're, we're worshiping just Jesus. That's why some of you guys in here today, like me, that you can't sing good, you can sing as loud as you want because Jesus, he hears it. He likes it. Your neighbor may not like it, but Jesus likes it. And when we're serving Jesus, we don't care what other people think about us. When we're following Jesus, we don't care what other people think about me. All that matters in life is what Jesus thinks about us. And we get more in, in tune about what Jesus thinks about us, our life will change, and the people around us, our lives will begin to start to change as well. But we gotta get locked in with the Holy Spirit. He gone, he's gone, he gone, <laughs> he up out of there. Verse 40, <laughs> meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at a town of Azotus, he preached the good news there in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Dude, he was like, I don't even know what he thought. It really doesn't matter what he thought, but dude was gone. Like he changed that dude's life and that guy disappeared and he was gone. And wherever he ended up further north of the road, he started telling more people about who Jesus was. He didn't let that stop him. I don't think Philip had the, the cognizant to think, man, what happened to me? What happened to the eunuch? He didn't care because he knew he was on mission and he was gonna go reach some more people and he was gonna tell everyone he knew about Jesus, okay? That's him. But I wanna back up to this eunuch story, okay? This dude wanted to get baptized and he wanted to get baptized right away. And here's what I learned today as I was reading the scripture. You can't separate the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptism um, of, of water immersion. You can't separate the two. They actually go together. And I think this, I personally believe this, and this is probably debatable, but one of the things we say at our church is that we're going to major on the majors. And we're going to minor on the minors. Here's what I do know. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I don't know when he shows up because you can't see him because he's a mighty rushing wind and he has power that comes. I don't know when he shows up, but I know this. You can tell when he shows up. How can you tell, Wes? Because the gifts come. Like, Wes, what if you don't know what your gifts are? Well, how else can you tell? The Bible said that he actually, there's actually fruits of a believer who has a spirit inside of them. And those fruits are love and their joy and their peace and their patience and their kindness and there's goodness. You're like, man, that looks pretty good. Well, you want to know if someone's a Christian? The Bible says there's actually some fruit there. You can tell it actually, there's actually some resemblance of the Holy Spirit in their life. Can I ask you the question today? Do you have any fruits in your life? You're like, I don't know, bro, but I'll take some. <laughs> And here's the deal, you can't work for them. It's a grace thing. You got them. You just don't know you got them. Um, Greg said the other day, we got to preach the good. Greg said, man, I think some people, people out there, they're preaching half the Bible. We have to preach all the Bible. I think some people, they get saved and they're like, bro, I didn't even know I had any fruit. I didn't even know you were supposed to have fruit. And where do you get the Holy Spirit from? Is that at a Christian bookstore? Is that at Lifeway? Like, because I want that. Where do you get that at? They, we just don't know. We just don't know. When you get saved, there's some things you don't know. You didn't, lost, you didn't know you were lost until you met Jesus. There's just some things you don't know. 
what I need you to know is this, that there should be some fruit. There is some fruit. There is life change after salvation. There is a change of life. There's a change of direction. This guy goes, bro, I got to get baptized. Because this guy knew that he, he was reading the scriptures and he knew he had seen some things. He had heard some things. He was like, I got to get baptized. And here's why I think he got baptized. Because I think this, this is what I got from this text. I think it's the Holy Spirit that leads us to the water. I think it's the Holy Spirit that leads us to the water. That says, hey, I, man, I got to, did Jesus get baptized? Yeah, I want that. <laughs> did he get in the water? Yeah, I need that. I, I, I want to get in the water. Does the Bible talk about that? Yeah, I, I want, here, can I say this to you today? And, and I think you can adopt it. I want all that God has for me. Do you? Just nod your head if you want all that God has for you. Like, yeah, who doesn't want all that God has for me? He, this guy was like, bro, I saw some people getting baptized, and I, I mentioned that, but I think the Holy Spirit led him into that baptism. He led him right into that water. That's, this guy here, here's what I think about this guy. You ever meet some people when they get saved, they're like, I'm going, man, I'm going all the way. I love Jesus, I'm going, going. I think this guy would have baptized himself. And some of you guys are like, bro, I can't wait till next week. I'm gonna go and baptize myself. I did a cannonball in my pool. I think we think, man, I, this guy said, man, I, need, I want it. I'm, I'm going to get baptized because I'm going public. The word baptism, I was talking to my, some of my friends that they're Catholic, and they're like, man, I just, I'm a little bit nervous about getting baptized next week because I've been Catholic my whole entire life. And here's what I, I just want to tell you. If you get water baptized, it's a completion of the commitment that your parents made when you were a little baby. I love what Joey said about that. If you were sprinkled as a two-year-old, your parents were saying, hey, God, I give my child to you. But the Bible's clear, these people got saved and then they got baptized. So now you've grown up, you're an adult now, you understand that, that there's a God who loves you down the cross for your sins. You believe in that salvation, that free gift from Jesus. And then you get that, you understand that your Holy Spirit's in your life, He's been in your life, and you're saying, man, now, now I want to go public. I want to tell my community that I'm all in. I'm going to follow Jesus. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He goes, I got baptized four times. He's like, I wanted to make sure. <laughs> I wanted to make sure. Here's what I think sometimes about baptism. I think sometimes we get baptized and then we go live our, we get, we go get baptized as a young. I was talking to uh, Fraley. He's like, man, I was baptized so young. He goes, I didn't, he goes, I think I, the 13-year-old the, the saying, I think I got baptized too young. Because I got, he goes, when I really fully got the gospel, when I got that Jesus loves me down the cross for my sins and he rose again, he goes, that was just a few years ago, but I got baptized even before that. He goes, I want to get baptized again. Because I think you can get baptized early. The other day, Diana said to me, hey, come on. Come, come to Tripp's room. I'm like, what are we going to do, spank him? You know? <laughs> she goes, Tripp wants to ask Jesus into his heart. And I was like, cool. And you're probably thinking, how many people does it take to lead someone to Jesus? Well, if you're a pastor's kid, it takes the whole entire family. <laughs> and if you knew my son, Tripp, you're like, man, we had to lay hands on him. You know, like we had to... Well, Diana had been asking him for a long time, are you ready to get saved? And he's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I love the transparency of a child. I'm good. No, I'm good. I don't need Jesus. <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. I remember when he was young, like, are you a Christian? He's like, no, I don't believe in Jesus. So the other night, he's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And Diana had been asking him, I'm ready. I'm ready. He's like, I'm ready. So we walk in there and Diana says, I hope you want to come here. Tripp's going to ask Jesus into his heart and save him from all his sins. And, and I love, what I love about his story is that 
we, we prayed that prayer with them today, and he said, yeah, dear, you know, you're just a little, a little six-year-old, seven-year-old kid saying, dear Jesus, I need, Je- I need you. I'm ready for you now. To hear him say all this thing, it's just such a cute little thing. And, and then the next day, he's like, hey, I'm getting baptized next Sunday. And I was like, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Because I think we're, sometimes we get, we get saved, and like, well, I got to get baptized. Some of you guys may be here today, and you're, and you're thinking, well, I got to be baptized to go to heaven. And you don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. Salvation gets us to Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. If it was any way different, he'd say, baptism is the way, is the truth. And the Bible says that you get saved and then you get baptized. And so next week we're gonna do baptism and we wanna invite anyone, everyone that, that can maybe, and here's what I was gonna say, maybe some of you guys in here today, you're like, you've been, you've been walking on your own path and you need a fresh start. And you're like, bro, I was baptized long ago, but I just need a fresh start. I'm in a new community of pe- I'm in a new community of believers, and I want them to know I'm 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 following Jesus. I'm 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 gonna walk with them, and I want some people to just come around side me and, and know that. And maybe some of you guys in here, I believe some just people in here, you sh- you need to get baptized again. You're like, Wes, how many does it take? It only takes once. But if you're telling your community, you're telling your church, the ecclesia, the called out group people, if you're telling them, hey, I'm following Jesus, or I've, I've been following Jesus, it's just a time where you say, listen, I want to let my community know. I'm all in. I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna follow God. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be immersed. And so, whether you're you're here today, and you're like I've, I've been baptized, but it was so long ago, and I and I just I'm walking. I wasn't. I haven't been walking in truth, but I'm walking in truth now. Then this is your chance. If you if you you're here today and you're like, well, you know, I you know, I just I'm in a new season. This is this is a great time to get baptized. Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what, Wes? I I got saved. I got saved, but I also got I got baptized before I got saved. This is your chance to get baptized after salvation because that's what the Bible's clear about that. Um, and so I want to leave you with these two things. My two points. The two things that I was, the main, some of the two are the main things. I'm going to preach them in 30 seconds. Are you ready? The Holy Spirit lives inside of you and me. That's where he lives at. He does not live in your car. He does not live in your house. He lives right inside you. So get used to it. He's right in there. Run to him. Don't be afraid of him. Press into him. He's okay with it. Let him know you need him. Let him know you want him. Here's the second thing. The Holy Spirit walks us through the process of becoming more like Jesus. You can't, if you didn't do anything to get to the table for salvation, then you can't do anything to stay at the table and to get moved to a different table or to move up the ranks. It's the Holy Spirit's job to walk you through the process of becoming more like Jesus. And so while we land here this, this week, we land here today on week four, you need the Holy Spirit. You need all that God has for you. So let's press into that. Let's let him know we need that. Let's let him know that we need him. I'm gonna invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.